Eccentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to talk about the art of selling art. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, have our amazing rogues here with us. So if you hear us reading comments, that's who we're reading the comments from. And they always have their own insights and their own questions that make these podcasts extremely awesome. Leith is like, I'm going to have some questions. Yes, guys, definitely throw us your question. Kathleen <laughs> said barista hand bump. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, caffeine. Uh-huh. And how how it can keep you going. Especially or, when you're a barista. Yeah, or how it can <laughs> keep you not going if you overdo it. True. Uh, yeah, so, all right. Well, let's get this party started. You want to, you had some stuff that you wanted to discuss? The art of selling art. Yes, I'm planning on just brain dumping in no particular order everything that I have found works for us. When it comes to selling art. That's perfect. I mean, there's not really much else we could do. It's not like we could give you a how-to. The only thing we could talk about is our experience. We've we've done a lot of shows and we've sold, between the two of us, we've sold a lot of art. I mean, yeah. individually, we've sold a lot of art. Yeah. Um, I want to say that over the last, over mm-hmm. my career, I mean, I I don't even have pictures of like some of the original stuff that I sold, but I would say that over my career, I have sold... Probably close to a thousand pieces, I, I want to say. It, Probably more than that. I I don't even know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what the ballpark Maybe even more. is. Maybe more. Yeah. It's just, it's the first five years in particular, uh, once things started, the ball started getting rolling, we were doing like shows every weekend. And, and in most cases, we were doing two to three shows every weekend. So, um, yeah, we had a lot of experience in putting ourselves out there and, and selling the art, which in my, in my mind, here's the, the, the fun thing about this is the art of selling art in my mind is not selling your art at all. Yes. And we're going to talk about exactly what that means. Okay. So I wanted to begin this by saying it is my opinion and maybe not everyone's going to agree with me, but 100% of the art of selling art happens on the back end of selling art, not the front end. So what I mean by the back end versus the front end is the back end is like everything you do in preparation versus what your customer experiences. What your customer or your potential customer experiences is your front end experience. And that's where you think of like your salesperson, right? Is the front end of your shop. Except I'm going to argue that you don't even need a, a salesperson at the front end if your back end is in ship shape. Yeah. So what the heck do you mean? So that's basically everything you do to present your work. So it starts with making the work to the best of your ability, right? Making something that you're proud of, making something that you're genuinely excited about, making something that has a cool story behind it, making something that you feel passionate towards, um, as opposed to like maybe making something that you're trying to turn around quickly to make a bu- <clears throat> right a bu- because when you when you feel passionate about something, that's where it's it's easy to talk about the things that you are excited about and 
I think that that's what really, you know, like I've experienced that, especially early on where I would create something because I was like, oh, this is going to sell. First off, we've been there. It doesn't sell. Second off, it, it probably doesn't sell because you're not excited about it. You know, it's like something that you create. You're like, yeah, this is probably going to do well. Um, and then, the, you know, the people that are used to interacting with artists will usually come in and be like, what is this all about? And then your honest, authentic response is like, oh, I created these because I thought they would sell easily. <laughs> In studying you humans, you seem to like <laughs> this type of thing. And so I have produced more of it for your purchasing pleasure. Humans. Humans. <clears throat> yeah, so it's making work that you're genuinely excited about, right? That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So another component to this in preparation is your presentation, right? Uh, not just snapping quick pictures of it and throwing it into the abyss of the internet, but taking beautiful pictures of the work or video that n it's never going to do the work justice. It's no. never a replacement for seeing the work <clears throat> in person, but taking as good of pictures as you can, a variety of pictures that show scale and texture, if there's texture and a life example of it being hung in a household or worn on your body or whatever the case is, making sure that you're presenting it in a way that does it justice. And so that does mean spending some time photographing or videoing the thing or for you musicians mixing and editing. <laughs> I think I think that it's important to really think about that because, you know, when it comes to social media, you guys have heard me say this before. I keep it as a record, right? Which is why, like, I want to take... I want to take a really awesome picture. I want to, I want to get a really intriguing picture that tells me the story of what's going on in that moment where I could like look back and, you know, whether it's a picture of like my dumb face or smiling or us doing something or our dumb faces together doing something like I want to, I want a picture that evokes an emotion within me when I look back at it. So that's usually what you find on my social media, when I am taking pictures of my artwork, it's not just a picture of the artwork. It's a, it's a picture that is within context to what I'm writing because I'm not going to remember it. I'm not going to remember exactly what I was feeling when I created the work. I'm not going to remember exactly what I was doing in my life in that moment. So being able to like really capture all that with your photograph and with you, with what you write, for yourself so that when you go back to it, you know exactly where you were at. Um, I think that that's very powerful in sharing it out there, right? And there's no point, there's there's nothing in there that is going to be like, DM me for, a pro you know, like there's nothing like that. Correct, which is my next thing, which is it doesn't have to be overthought, but have something to say about the work, something authentic, something honest, it doesn't have to be art snob talk, but it shouldn't be entirely fictitious either, right? Yeah. I made this thing because I hope you buy it, but I got to make up another thing to say about it. No, just, <laughs> uh, I really love this stone. When I look at it, I see this. I wanted to capture this feeling, or I wanted to play around with this color palette, or I'm experimenting with my rebellious side, or I've been low-key trying to do this thing and scared to show it to you. Here it is. Yeah. Right. Just something simple and authentic to say about the work other than DM me for pricing. <laughs> I, I love that you I love that you said we just uh, recently scheduled a Zoom call with uh, um, a gentleman that 
is on Instagram and, you know, I'd seen his posts and beautiful work, but like, there's nothing compelling about the post. And he, and he contacted us and I was like, I don't understand why this isn't working. And so we sat down and we talked to him and in talking to him, you know, found out that like, not only is he an artist, but he is a magician. He is somebody who has gone out on his, on his own to do this art thing. And his wife is very supportive. Yeah. And he's got a great personality and a great sense of humor. And I remember sitting there talking to him. I'm like, dude, I get none of that from your post. Like, right. None of that. And the work is gorgeous and incredibly compelling. And, um, and yeah, like you said, totally fascinating artist who wasn't allowing himself to put any of that on social media because he wasn't certain if that was acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest part. It's like, well, an artist is supposed to behave this way. I like what Chris Dahl says here. It's like flying. Flying is easy. Just throw yourself at the ground and miss. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, Leah said, I am guilty of throwing it into the abyss of the internet. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll use an example of my past musical releases, right? I just set the release date for whatever, just threw it out there, maybe mentioned it once on social media and called it good. I was getting ready to do the same thing with the song we're about to release because I wanted the instant gratification of it going live as soon as possible instead of doing the preparation work to really make it an exciting event for people because yeah. this is a song I'm really proud of. So instead, I set the release date out three weeks to give us enough time to film a music video, to do a lyric video, to do a Spotify canvas, to get all the back-end stuff ready, to do Spotify pre-save, to pitch it to a playlist, uh, to let folks know that we're excited about Okay, I won't ramble on about it, but basically all these things that on the day of launch are going to make it an epic thing that is worthy of how proud I am of the song. At that point, it doesn't even matter how well it does, right? I, th I think that there... I think there is something important in that um, because I would say that one of the biggest things that held me back in the beginning was the fear of um, the fear of putting it out there too much. Right. Because it's like you don't want to be you don't want to be annoying, quote unquote, annoying, or you don't want to be overly excited about something because um, you don't want somebody to like crash on your dreams right so here we are we created a music video for this thing this is the first time that Clee is like really putting her all into releasing something and really making it a public release right because we've released songs in the past and we've let the rogues know but it's uh, it's usually like one thing like hey guys we just released a song you know and then that's give it a it. listen whatever <laughs> yeah and yeah. so like to be able to to get that excitement, to get really excited about the different things leading up to something, I think matters. And the scariness of saying like, I'm very proud of this. Yes. Right. Because then if people hate it, then it's like, oh, I just admitted I'm very proud of this thing <laughs> that people hate. Right. And some people aren't going to like it. It's not going to be their jam. But I am genuinely excited about yeah. the song. And it's letting that excitement come through. Okay, so another factor is easiness. You want the whole thing to appear kind of effortless on the front end right. for your potential customer. That means getting all your ducks in a row on the back end, whether it is preparation for a show or an exhibition or it's your website, right? You want to have easily searchable titles. 
You want to have your description, same as like posting on social media. You want to have a short but, you know, compelling description. You want to have all the relevant information there so they don't have to contact you or guess about the size or specs of a thing. You want to have the checkout process be super easy. And you want all that stuff to have your personality in it because Leith is asking, like, is it safe to say that I should be showing myself as much as I show my work? I'm thinking about doing a YouTube channel, but I don't have the best camera to record my work. You do want your audience, your potential customer to know you to some extent because art is not a cold process. I right? want you, I want you guys to think about how many times maybe you've seen a work of art that you really, really like and then you, um, happen to stumble across another one that you know was created by that artist. And you're like, oh, these are beautiful. And then let's say that you're interested in finding out more about the artist and you go to their website, right? There will always be that little part of you that wants to see what this person looks like. Who is this person? Like, or what a little do they bit look about like? them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's one of the reasons that I think, um, you know, it, it, you don't have to like paste yourself uh, across social media or be in every single image or even in videos. You know, you could do something where you're, showing your hands doing some work and you could do a voiceover. It doesn't mean that you have to like show your face everywhere or it be the thing because really that's not the focus of it. However, your face does allow a relationship to form, especially if you're not there. You know, when you're at a festival, that's one of the things that works to your advantage is that you're standing there in person Mm -hmm. And you get to develop a relationship, even if it's a five minute, 10 minute conversation, you get to develop somewhat of a relationship with someone. And I think that when we look at our online presence, you know, it's, it's important to keep that in mind that like, whether it's happening in person or online, you're still forming a relationship with the people that are going to interact with your art. And that relationship, you know, if you're just at a market and somebody walks in and says, this piece is beautiful, just in place yourself in this position. Wow, this piece is beautiful. And the artist just looks at you, well, that piece is $20. Do you want it? And that's it. Oh, no, cancel. Cancel yeah, and back away. Exactly. <laughs> Jenny said that was very third rock from the sun sales pitch. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Zara said, what's that buns of steel workout? Work that back end. Yep. Okay. So at a show, <laughs> at a show, it might mean, um, making sure that your space is comfortable and inviting, right? Uh, it doesn't mean going overboard to look professional. That can actually create an uncomfortable environment. It means little things like, having an easy way to accept payments, uh, organizing and presenting your work in a way that is aesthetically pleasing to you so that you feel comfortable existing in the environment. On a website, it means having your categories and having your items easy to browse and search. It and, means... And by, by the way, you guys, everything that she's mentioning right here, that makes the life of the person that is visiting your website or coming to your booth a lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. But most importantly, it's comfortable for you. Yes. It makes it easy for you. And that's, I, I would say that that's the biggest thing there is that when you make your area, your space comfortable for you and easy, then you're making it comfortable and easy for the person that you're going to interact with. And it makes it less of a, um, oh, 
oh, I have to do this now, you know, kind of thing. Definitely. You, you want to make that easy. It's one of the reasons that I recommend that if you're going to have a website, look into having some kind of shipping um, method put together to make shipping art easy. And keep that in mind for anything that you list online. Have boxes that are the correct size or have a way to make the process easy. I In the beginning, um, when somebody would buy something, the experience was horrible It was for me. clunky. Yeah, it was clunky because I would get an order and immediately I was like, oh, shit, like now I got to go make a box for this thing and I don't know what to do. And I'd have to go to some place to find cardboard to be able to cut and then the experience of the person buying it was terrible because like, you know, it would take me a week and a half to just ship something. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, I've got a system in place that allows it to be easy. So when I get an order, instead of being like, Ugh, you know, I, I've got an order, I don't want to deal with it. Um, I'm able to do it easily and spend more time communicating um and, and having a good time doing it versus being like, uh, you know, because when you do feel that, uh, um, it permeates, it permeates, it permeates and it makes you not want to do it. Those are the people that quit because it's like they keep doing something the same way and it's not really working out an easy way and they just keep doing it and they don't understand why they hate it so much and then they quit. Yeah. Comfort is a big thing. and it, oh, I think I want to dedicate a segment of this podcast to comfort. Um, but a couple other quick things is like um, that make a difference. Have an FAQ section and, and really make the make the experience easy and pleasurable, whether it's in person or on your website. If a let's just say this art buyers can be nervous. OK, and if they can't get the answers they're looking for easily and they have to email you to find out, most of them aren't going to. Yeah. Or if it's on social media and it's like no way to get the information except to message you, most people aren't going to do that because it puts them on the spot, right? Message me for pricing. Well, I kind of don't want to because if it's really out of my budget, I don't want to feel like I'm on the spot. Yeah. Right? I, I just want to go to a place and Send look and see how link. much it costs. Like. Yeah. You know, and um, then ghost you if I'm like, oh, that's too much. Totally. <laughs> um, so all these little things that add up to an easy front end experience, because if somebody falls in love with a piece, the only thing you can do to stop them from pursuing it is to make it really difficult for them. <laughs> so it's like you don't need a salesman on the front end. You just need to remove the barriers to access. Yeah, because the art is going to sell itself, you know, and... If somebody is interested, they're going to ask questions. The ability to make it very easy on them to be able to go, you know, one click and they're there, one link and they're there. It's one of the reasons that when we do our live sales, we set up a page that has everything, all the information there so that somebody doesn't have to go search around for the pieces that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um And really, that's all you could do. You can make it as easy as possible for people to be able to support you in the way that they want to support you. If you make it a pain in the butt, you know, somewhere along the way, they're just going to be like, whatever. They're going to drop off. Yeah. 
Like the um, the one time we went out to a show it was like one of our first shows and we didn't have a way to accept credit cards and you sent someone to an ATM as a storm was rolling in. Yeah, they they got to the ATM and then all of a sudden the sky got dark and it started raining and I was like looking at them and they like turned around. They got the money and they turned around. They looked up at the sky and then ran for their car and I was like, okay. Yeah. I am never coming out here without my credit card reader. Um, Gobbles is like, yeah, I don't want to seem like I have this huge ego about my music. Definitely. We don't want to come across like we have this huge ego. But I mean, you know, and the thing is that really you guys stop and think about what what that is. Right. So there's a big difference if I'm like, dude, I'm so excited. I just I created a song. I'm really excited to share with everybody it's really awesome, right? I'm thinking about this song. It's like, and I created a music video. I mean, we look like dorks in a music video, but I'm really excited to share that out there. I hope a million people listen to this because I really love this song. So I hope a lot of people love it, right? There's nothing egotistical about that. Now, if you're like, everything I do is perfect and I just released a song and you must listen to my song. I mean, there's there's a big difference there. Totally. Just because you're excited about something doesn't... Or like you think something that you created is awesome doesn't doesn't mean that you're being arrogant about it. So like, yeah, don't you got to really question. I've had to question that whole ego thing over the years because it's really attached to like just being a kid and being like, you know, you stay quiet. You be quiet. Don't don't talk too much. I mean, there really is a humongous difference between pride and arrogance. Yeah. A huge difference. And I think we need to stop lumping those two things together yeah. in the creative community. Susan says, share your feelings about the art. That is your joy about it. What others think is them, not you. Be yourself and let others be themselves. Exactly, Susan. Exactly. Tish exactly. is like, what are your thoughts on fire sales or live auctions when selling your art on the YouTubes? I've done a few, but they didn't go well, except for a charity fundraiser that went okay. You know, so fire sales are where there's a sale going on and it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to burn all my inventory. Well, it's like, <laughs> that's what it brings. So the term fire sale in of itself implies a deadline and pressure. And I think the key for online sales and auctions of that nature is zero pressure for your audience. That has worked for us, right? Invite people to the thing. There's no pressure to buy artwork. And, yeah. and I think that you convey that through the lingo that you use, right? I would never use a term like fire sale. No, I would never. I would never. In fact, um, when, when we do our shows, we, you know, our virtual shows, we have sales, right? Because it's a big thank you to anybody that even decides to remotely show up, let alone buy something. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, you know, it's the only reason we would do that. But I would never promote it as a fire sale. It's a virtual show, you know, yeah. and, and really like any time that we've done the virtual shows, what it's about for us is the experience, right? So we're going to play some music. We're going to give a tour of the house. We're going to show some artwork. We're going to talk about stuff that we're excited about. And we're going to answer questions. We're gonna, and yeah. You know, so it's, it's got to be like, it's got to be fun. It's got to be more like a party. Like a party. And, and I think about that. It's like fire sale, all this stuff, all this marketing lingo. That gets under my skin because everybody, you know, um, freaking two months before uh, Black Friday, you've already got Black Friday sales happening left and right. And everybody, you got to jump on the Black Friday sale and you got to do this and you got to do this and all this marketing 
crap. And I'm like, it's just, if you are interested in somebody buying something, if you're interested in giving a discount, first off, what is your reason for giving a discount? Are you giving a discount as a thank you? Are you giving a discount because you just feel like giving it? Or are you giving a discount because you think that you can sell the art if you discount it? right? Or if you promote it as a discount sale or this kind of sale or that kind of, we're having a sale today. And I'm like, you know, cause like that I've never, unless I am going into a place, you know, like there's a furniture shop and I'm like, you know, chances are there might be a stool that I need that's in that, that corner. And like, you know, this is a good time to go in there and, and see what's on sale. And, but it, but it, that's a, you know, that's a thing. It's a piece of furniture. Your artwork's not like that. Your artwork is going to relate to people. And if people are buying it, they're buying it because they're, especially if you're doing like a virtual sale, they're there for you, right? Yes. There ain't no reason for somebody to spend their time going online to your virtual sale. Um, unless like they're just there for you to support you. And the fact that they just show up, is enough. I, I mean, I know, I know, you guys. I know that it's like, oh, I want to, I want to make that money. I want to make that money. We all need to make that you know, money. We, we want to make that money, but like, you got to understand that that happens over time, right? The more you do, the more things you do, the more people start to relate. That oh, I could buy something here, or like other people do it, and you build that up. Trying to use those those marketing terms, I'll be honest with you. I found in the past that they they work they tend to work against you, especially when it's art, right? Because I feel like that's it's not giving it's not putting a discount on your art that like devalues it. It's stuff like that, like oh we're having a Thanksgiving sale, Christmas sale, this and this and this. It's like why are you giving the discount to begin with? Why are you asking people to do like did are you releasing a new thing you know like mm -hmm. i've got a new collection that i want to release and i want to introduce to you guys right or is it a thing where it's like i have a new collection that i need you to buy so i'm putting it on discount and you can only buy it today because i need the money right now <laughs> to make it extra enticing humans yeah and that's and that's the thing it's like <laughs> all of that stuff right that seems so like oh it's Really, I'm doing it for this reason. All of that stuff is just so obvious, so obvious, and it and it raises red flags. It does, and so I I want to talk about the comfort factor. But um, Ev said there's there's a rug store that has had a perpetual sale for 20 years now down the road from us. It always cracks me <laughs> up. I love that. That's awesome. We have a rug store down the way from us and the rug store down the way from us always has something hilarious on their marquee and it makes me want to go in so there. Every time we drive by, we read it, we laugh and immediately, you know, you think of the marketing in that, like, what are they getting out of that? All they're getting is that, causes us to look and keep them in mind, right? And that's all really marketing is. And then when you think of them, you smile because you think of their very amusing marquee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's much better than them having a thing is 20% off this week, 20% off, 10% off, 15% off. Because eventually we would drive by and just ignore the sign, 
you know, it would, it would blend into the background, but instead we literally look for the sign to see what funny crap is on that sign that week. Tish says, I need to do a moving sale, but I want to market it so it's not pressure. Like you said, I'm lost at how to do so because I need the money, but I'd rather talk about the move and what I'm doing. That's exactly it, Tish. Talk about the move and what yeah. you're doing. The, the need, right? As you're telling the story about what's going on, the need is understood. The genuine need is going to come out. You yeah. don't have to, you don't have to explain it. It's like, I'm moving stuff fell apart. You know, you don't even have to say that part, but you could be like stuff um, is changing in my life. You know, things are definitely not going the way that I planned. And thus I am putting together a moving sale and, you know, I'm heading in a new direction in my life and I'm excited and I'm scared and um, I'm going to get this whole process started by putting together a moving sale. I'm going to do a moving sale because I do need to pare down things. And also, you know, I would appreciate your support in this, like in, in what we're doing. Not right? necessarily, not necessary, but totally yeah. appreciate And And, and yeah. the thing is the appreciation of people just being there, right? Just being there. In support, in, in solidarity. In support. There will be some people that they express their way of doing it with money, right? They'll, they'll buy anything. I mean, you know, and... There are people that will do it just by being there. Hey, I'm being supportive. And I, and I always think about that because I think about, um, especially with virtual stuff, like where we've shown up and the person is just, you could tell that they're just getting upset, you know, that they're getting upset because either not enough people showed up or anything. And I'm like, well, what the, what the hell? Like I'm here. Right. You know? Me and like two other people are here and you, you we're not enough like and immediately in my mind like it's almost like you just don't you don't want to go to the next one you don't yeah. want to show up then you associate bad feelings yeah so i want to talk about what i'm now calling the four c's of selling your artwork kind of like the four c's of diamond grading but not right and those four c's are comfort confidence communication and caring so corny you're welcome okay and a lot of these are also back-end, nonverbal, like, subtle things, but they make a difference. The first one is comfort. And I'm going to go back to potential art buyers, not always, but often are nervous. I can't tell you how many times we've met somebody at a show who likes a piece of art and they don't feel confident in their own ability to make a decision about whether or not they should. You got you got to remember with all the insecurity that runs rampant with artists, right? That has to do with the perception of the art world. That doesn't stop with artists. There are a lot of people out there that think that they don't know the first thing about art, right? They're nervous to even walk They're into a space. They're nervous to even walk into a space and talk to an artist because it's outside their comfort zone. It's not something that they they're used to doing. The whole concept of buying art, even if they like something, they're like, I like this and I'm not even sure why, you know, and like your relationship with them, that's where that's where it really starts to form. And what happens is that we, you know, as artists, a lot of us become very, what is that called? Myopic, where, sure. you're, where you're just focused on your own, like, well, I'm nervous and I'm this and I'm that. And you think that, you know, it's just another day for everybody else. 
but it's understanding that like that's there's there's two sides to that there's two sides to that there is like that's because cccc makes it easy to remember that's all marketing is that is one piece of it (laughs) right true (laughs) okay so at a live show comfort meant for me my booth is set up in a way that makes me feel good right so that i'm comfortable in the space and comfort means you're dynamic with anybody who walks in. And my comfort zone that worked well for me was present and available, but not on them. Okay. So I'm not ignoring people that walk in. I'm not unavailable. I'm not so wrapped up in my own world that I'm failing to acknowledge people who come in. But I'm also, you will never catch me anywhere trying to sell my art to someone. I'm not going to get in their personal space bubble. I'm not going to be like um closing the sale. <laughs> there's no there's no uh, closing the sale. I would often tell people I would greet them and then I would say something like I'm here if you need me. I'll be back here tinkering with my sketch that I'm doing or I'm dusting something over here, or I'm talking to the person in the booth next to me, but I am here for you if you have any questions. And you have to, you have to understand the person's experience, right? Especially if you're doing like a, like a festival or a show or a market where there's other people, other artists there or other vendors. And you have to understand their experience. Like we've, we've had people, you know, they walk into a booth and I'm like, hello. And they're like, I'm just looking. Right. And I know for a fact that it's because just two booths down the way, they walked in and the person started selling them. First thing out the gate. Right. Instead of just saying hello. So like a lot of times it would be like, I'd be like, hello. And you're like, I'm just here to look. I'm like, absolutely. Take your time. Don't worry. If you need anything, I'll be over here. But I'm not here to bother you. Sometimes all people need is permission to engage with you. Um, in order to do so, yeah. Chris said, market tip, don't sit behind a table, stand as much as you can. Standing is a really good, standing and moving uh, are two things that have always Chris, worked for me. Chris, that is so good because yeah. I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Like I'd see artists like, nobody's coming in here. And they're sitting off in the back of their booth, almost like a security guard, just with their arms crossed because they're all grouchy because they haven't sold anything, just looking looking in the booth. And I'm like, I don't even want to walk into your booth. It's a barrier to entry. If ever I was sitting, I made sure that I was sitting doing something, polishing chains, working on a design, um, so that I was not sitting like a sentinel (laughs) um, guarding the booth. Comfort is a huge thing to to just even open the engagement with people. If you um, if you don't greet somebody, then they're not going to feel comfortable making first contact with you. Yeah. Um, but I also would never start into any information about my work unless it was asked of me. If that makes sense. So I'm not just gonna like blah blah blah, blah about my stuff either. Um, it's yeah, that first I mean, contact is you, you got to think about it. Like, you know, we all we all go through our moments where we have like a primary thing in our mind. Right. And I think about every conversation I have with my dad where like I'll be talking about something like, yeah, you know, we're doing this or whatever. And whatever is the most recent drama or thing like that, my dad will just out of the blue. It just comes into somehow he fits it, he jams it into the conversation <laughs> and you know, and then what ends up when, when you're talking to people like that, 
is that you just kind of stand there and you smile and nod and you're like, okay, but you're not really in the conversation. So you got to think about it. Like somebody walks into your space and they're looking at a work of art and then you decide, well, I'm going to take it upon myself to sell this art. And you go over there, you start telling them the entire, like, well, this is the story behind it. This is what I did. And like, what do you think of this? And blah, blah, blah. And you're talking and they're only half listening because like they were just looking at that piece as a reference to something else that they like. But now they've been completely put off because they're like, I don't, I don't even want to talk to this person. I didn't even ask talk my, you. Yeah, like <laughs> if I ask you a question, I am signing myself up so, for some bullshit. Diane's know? like coming from a retail and retail management background. It's all about customer service and being genuinely friendly. The goods sell themselves. Yeah. And the, the thing about that is like I always have a hard time with being from that kind of background mm -hmm. of the customers always right kind of crap. Really, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have people that walk into your space that want to haggle you because that's just what they do. Um, they're going to want to get away with stuff. But those are the minority. For the most part, people are very timid when it comes to um, buying stuff, especially you guys, especially when it comes to art. Yeah. Right. Unless somebody has some experience in buying art and they've had a good experience, um, you know, they're they're going to come in and they're not going to really know what the etiquette is. And you as an artist, the, the whole job is to just make the experience comfortable for them. And by making it comfortable for them, you're making it comfortable for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you you get to develop that relationship and that keen awareness of reading that body language when somebody walks in and, and not taking things personal, I want to say, right? A lot of times people are just, they don't know what to say. Yeah. I mean, we had someone come into our um, gallery exhibition. The first thing out of her mouth was like, I'm not going to have any intelligent questions about your art, just to warn you. We were like, great. Great. Neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any intelligent comments about our art. Um, like, Yeah. It's, it's all I've about had, that. I can't even tell you how many times I've had somebody walk into uh, my booth and be like, I'm not sure what good art or bad art is. I just know that I like this. And I'm like, that's all good art is. Art, you know, you're going to hear a lot of lingo and, and crap out there in the art world of what good art is and what bad art is. And really, at the end of the day, all those critics is just what they like is good art. And what they don't like is bad art. Indeed. So, and you are just as qualified as any major art critic out there to like and not dislike whatever it is that you like and dislike. And that comes down to confidence, which is the second C and the four C thing that I've come up with. And I don't mean false confidence. I just mean confidence. It means you, uh, you genuinely like your work. Okay. So that's a work in progress for yeah. some, some of us. Some of us have a hard time. Some of us are still in that space where. You know, you create something and you're criticizing the work and criticizing yourself because you know that you could improve upon it. But we can all improve. At some, always. At some point, you're going to come to terms with the fact that every work of art that you create, there's always room for improvement. If there wasn't, there'd be no growth. Exactly. Yeah. It also means, get ready, that you are comfortable with how you have your work priced. Also a work in progress for a lot of artists. And that evolves and changes. Too. It evolves and changes, yeah. but it means you're not lowballing yourself and you also don't feel like you're getting away with highway robbery with enormous prices that you don't feel like you deserve. Because when it comes time to tell somebody the price of something, 
if you cringe, they will know. <laughs> Even if you cringe on the inside. Okay. So it's being confident about your pricing. That comes with time. It's also being confident in interacting with other people. And these are all things that you develop over time. When you first do shows, you're going to be nervous and it's okay to be nervous. Kelly has a t-shirt that says, I'm nervous. So that's an icebreaker yeah, I love right it. there. It's it, part of the confidence is being able to be honest about I'm new to shows and I'm kind of nervous, but like, it's the confidence to create an authentic experience. It's not pretending like you've done this a thousand times. It's not pretending like you don't like, have anything left that you're questioning. Like you're you're so professional, Blah, like all that stuff. I, I I've seen people make their entire setup, booth experience, or even their website into a complete and utter nightmare because they're trying to come off as professional. Yeah. And I'm like, there, there's no such thing, you guys. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. Confidence right? is really just another word for comfort in this particular yep. scenario. You're comfortable in the, in the environment. You're willing to engage with people. Okay. So being comfortable talking to people about your artwork can be very difficult and you do get much better at it. And honestly, the secret sauce here is to do it so much that you become comfortable with it. And there's really no other workaround that no. I personally know of. It's to do this a lot until you become comfortable. And the reason for this is, again, because people are nervous a lot of times on the approach. And if you can put them at ease with your verbal and nonverbal cues then they're going to relax and then you can have genuine, authentic engagement with them. And that is the best environment for a very personal transaction like an art purchase. Yeah. J.G. Fellers uh, says something here that I think is important to note, um, you know, that standing in your booth may not work for people that aren't abled. Um, so she mm -hmm. sits beside the checkout table and, you know, to just do what works for you. And kind of like what Clee said, if she is going to sit down, she's going to be doing, I'm something. doing something. I think the biggest thing there is understanding that comfort, right? So if you're, if you're sitting and you're upset that you haven't sold anything, then you're not comfortable. You're not in a comfortable situation. At that point, you're just counting the minutes until you could be done with this thing that just wasted your time. Right. So it's like figuring out, like, why am I here? I'm here to meet people. Right. So sitting there with my arms crossed and with a big old scowl on my face is not going to allow that interaction. So how can I get comfortable here? So it might be just sitting down, doing something, sitting down, you know, and smiling at people when they walk in. Exactly. A smile. And I think CJ said this. A smile is a hugely powerful thing. In day-to-day -day life and in uh, presenting your work. And if you don't know how to smile, just practice, you know, just and just make that make that face where you're like, you know, <laughs> um, just just little by little. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be like, hello, you know, and, and all creepy. Just just I, I think the biggest thing here is just being genuinely happy to be there. Yeah. You know, genuinely happy to have that opportunity to meet somebody. I think that that was one of the most powerful things for us when we first started. And the reason that things took off for us was that every single show that we did or any opportunity that we had to put our artwork out there, I was excited. Like, I, I cannot even explain to you how exciting it was for me that I was actually putting myself out there 
for the first time, that I was actually facing my fears, that I was talking to people about my art, that I was, I was just so excited to finally be doing something proactive um, as an artist versus my entire life of just sitting there wishing that I could do this thing. You know, so like, I think that that excitement translated. I, I was excited to talk. I'm terrified at that point of talking to people. But I, there was something about that that I was just excited about facing that fear. I was excited about where I was heading and what direction. And most importantly, I was excited because I was just not going to stop. I was going to keep going. And so I was looking forward to those experiences. Until mm -hmm. this day, Clee and I will embrace new experiences because it scares the crap out of us. But there's an excitement there, right? So you turn your nerves into excitement. They're, they're both the same kind of energy, but you turned them into that excitement. Zara said, I spent 20 minutes one time trying out this one product. And in my mind, I was seriously calculating getting at least four as gifts. But the kid got annoyed when I didn't buy right away. And that ended that. Yeah. She followed up with, he did an excellent job answering all of my questions and selling and then dropped the ball because of some expectation. Please just focus on enjoying what you're doing and let things happen. Exactly. Zara, that's, that's such a good point. And that was, that's one of the reasons I had a lot of conversations with people. I have a lot of conversations when my artwork is around. A lot of times the conversations I'm having have nothing to do with the art. Sometimes they do. And when the conversation is over, the conversation is over. There is zero expectation. Zero expect. Just because somebody likes my art doesn't mean that they're going to buy it. You know what I mean? Like that expectation, that's not, that, that expectation doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And all you got to do is ask yourself, do you buy every single thing that you're like, oh, I like that. Right? It's not fiscally responsible to do so. No. <laughs> Um, CJ said, and I agree with this, I put a price tag on every piece as well as the name. I know that I hate entering a booth as a customer and having to ask for the price. Absolutely agree. And yep. that's part of making it easy on the back end, right? Yes. Do the work so that the front end experience is easy. Nobody wants to ask the price online or in person. Um, and I struggled with this because I felt like my, some of my tags were unsightly, right? They ruined my presentation for my jewelry pieces. So I had to find ways to make them attractive mm -hmm. while still doing their job. And that's part of the work. Nanny said, it's very hard to sell anything when you're stressed. And it's also hard not to be stressed when you need to make a sale so you can eat or buy new art supplies. I agree, Nanu. It is hard, but there's, it's worth it. There's, you, It's worth it. <laughs> you got to do the emotional work. Yeah. I can tell you, you know, it's easy to look at us and be like, oh, you guys, you, you know, it's easy for you. Like, it's not. It's not. We really have to put ourselves in a mindset where it's like, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it comes down to just reminding yourself, like, this attitude is not going to help me at all. No, it's going to make it <laughs> miserable. It's going to make it yeah. miserable. And you you, do, you really, really have to find that balance. We're good at it because we've had to face that hundreds of times, mm -hmm. you know, hundreds of times. And it, not always successfully. Right. God, there have been so many times that I've done a show and I'm like, oh, hey, 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 hey. and this is the thing. This is part of confidence building is to do this, yeah. to, to, to learn about yourself. And I'll go through the other two C's really quickly. Just said attitude of gratitude for the win. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a reason that it's a cliche because it's true. Right. Yep. Um, 
the other two C's are communication. This is pretty self-explanatory, right? Being being willing to communicate. If you are somebody who doesn't like people, you are going to have to rethink this because people are who are going to buy your artwork. <laughs> Why don't you like people? What is really going on there? I've heard this too many times. You don't like people, but you want them to buy your work? You got to dig deeper. I was afraid of people and masking it as like, I don't people. I don't like, uh, I don't like uh, people. I was afraid uh, of being judged. That was my truth. That yeah. might not be your truth, but if you don't like interacting with people, this is going to be a process. That's, uh, you know, and the, the truth is that like, that's on you. If you don't like interacting on pe- uh, you know, with people, it's not people. Sure. There's a-holes out there that you don't want to interact with. And you with. don't have to like them. You don't have to like them and you don't have to interact with them. But not everyone. In fact, the vast majority of people are not a-holes. So if you're having a hard time peopling, it's because you're putting way too much pressure on yourself to be a certain way, to be, you know, to have the right responses, to come off as something that maybe you're not. And it just makes it so much more complicated. And those people that are a-holes, so what? You don't have to talk to them. You don't want them buying your art anyway. Yeah, you don't want them buying your art. I don't want art. any a-holes buying my jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> Gobbles is like, I love people. I know, Gobbles. I can tell you love people. Yep. And I love people too. But I had to get over my fear of people and also understand that most people that approach you are afraid of people. And so that's why this whole building comfort thing is so important. And of course, the last C is caring. Give a shit. Yeah. Give a shit about your art. Give a shit about your potential customer. Give a shit about the whole experience. If somebody has questions, be willing to answer them. If somebody wants a personal space, be willing to give it. If somebody has a problem, they already bought something from you and there's an issue, give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh man, that is one of the worst things is you buy a thing and then there's a problem and you reach out to customer service and the customer ex- service experience is crap and you never go back. No, right? you never go back. You never ever go back. Uh Ev says when we were doing mall gigs for the books, I made sure that I had one of those paddle kitchen mats, padded to, mats, padded mats to stand on um, on the marble floors. My feet being happy made the rest of me happy oh, in those 14 dude. hour days. Yes. Yes, let's talk about that. Part of comfort, let's just backtrack a little bit is being physically comfortable, right? You need to be hydrated and protected from harsh environmental factors like blazing sun and or fluorescent lighting yeah. or whatever it is. Um, whatever you need to put you in a space. I used to light Palo Santo in our booth in the morning at the market because the aroma of the Palo Santo helped put me in a good yeah. Frame of and mind. You do, you do whatever it is that, you know, if, if it means that like you set up your booth and then you go meditate for 10 minutes or you go for a walk around and just look around, you do whatever it is that you need to do to just make yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathleen says, I seek out my tribe. And I think that that's the biggest thing here when it comes to the art of selling art is understanding that the art is going to sell itself. What matters most to you is setting up your experience to be pleasant and the experience of the other person, being willing to have conversations, to be willing to take your time to build a relationship, being willing to have people come in and love your art and not buy any of it. Mm-hmm. it, it it's 
really such a long-term type thing that you are building up all of those things, your confidence when it comes to that and understanding that like, it's not, it's not a race for validation, right? Oh, if I sell art, then I really am an artist. Oh, if people like it and they buy it, then I'm really an artist. Oh, if, if I do this show and, and I present myself professionally, then I'm really an artist. And it's really, really questioning all those things and understanding that at the end of the day, the art that comes out of you is so personal the people that relate to you, your tribe, those are the people that are going to want to buy your art. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't have the money at the time. Sometimes they just, they're at the very, they're at the romance stage of the relationship. So they're, oh, I love your art, you know, but they're not ready. They're not ready to make a commitment yet because they don't know if you're going to be an artist in a month, right? That's the other issue too. Think mm -hmm. of how many people have bought art from an artist, right? And they really loved it. And then a month or two goes by, the artist isn't selling any art. They get discouraged. They quit. They go back to whatever else they're doing and they don't do any more art. And then that person has this piece of art that they cherish and they love and they no longer have that relationship with the artist, right? So it's understanding that like when you are putting yourself out there, your persistence in pushing through the suck is really going to help build that relationship and essentially, that's the way that I've almost always seen people walking into my booth for the first time is almost like a jaded lover, you know, who, yeah. who is like wanting to build a new relationship with somebody. But doesn't want to get hurt. doesn't want to get hurt. Doesn't you know? want a fly-by-night yeah, relationship. Exactly. Tish said, I love people, but I don't necessarily like people. I found out long ago that you don't have to like someone to love them as a fellow human. Uh, if you go with that mindset, it helps. Sure. That yeah. can be, that can be a stance. I mean, I don't, and the thing is that people is too general for me, right? So yeah, I, it's I definitely love, a case I love by people. Case. I love people, right? There are some people that, you know, just get under my skin and I'm like, nah. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't fine. mean that I don't love them. You know, I, I love you from a distance, from a distance. Stay away from me. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> And then there are people that I really fucking like. Yeah. You know? So like I can't make a generalized statement like like that. But we, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's absolutely a case it's it's a case by case. And I think that is one of the steps I took in realizing that I love people and like interacting with them is to not to not generalize people as this or that. Mm -hmm. To look at each person as an individual that I've never seen before, it's not you met one person, you've met them all. It's really easy. You know, in our culture, it's really easy to generalize people. And, I, and it's something that I really have to keep an eye on, right? So like, oh, if somebody's a teacher, all teachers are like this. If somebody is in corporate, all corporate people are like this. You know, if somebody is a housewife, all housewives are like this. If somebody is, you know, uh, working a, a, a grimy job, all people like that are like that, you know? And it's like, no. It doesn't work that way. I sounded like Christopher. Wall. No, no, you know? no, it doesn't work that way. You, <laughs> you, you, people are just people. Everybody is individual. Everybody's an individual. Everybody's different. And there are going to be people out there that you really like and you are like, man, you're awesome. And then there's going to be people out there that you're like, stay away from me. Just stay <laughs> away. <laughs> um, JG yeah. Feller said, I put on my teacher persona why I don't teach anymore. The smile and willingness to answer questions and inform works great. Otherwise, 
I'm people meh. <laughs> people meh. <laughs> Gobble said, I have only been able to talk to people and not feel scared since I was 29, like four years ago. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's You're awesome. on the journey. She's it's, like, I want to help all you scaredies. <laughs> it took me, it took me longer. Uh, I think I was in my thirties when I started to really understand that peopling didn't mean that I had to be exhausted. As right? was I. If, if I was mm-hmm. standing in my own confidence, and willing, like, because what happens is, you know, somebody starts talking to you about something and you're like, I don't, I don't really, I'm not interested in this conversation or I don't want to talk about that subject. And what happens is like, you're supposed to be nice, right? You're supposed to not talk about, it's easy to just say like, you know what, I'm, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm really not interested in the subject. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found. It was like, I was blatantly honest and I would much rather be honest, authentic, and real than to be quote unquote nice and then behind that person's back be like, oh, that person was a whatever. Like, and it just, it took away a lot of that anxiety and a lot of that stuff, um, to be able to do that. Now, to do that in the beginning, to say those things and face that insecurity of saying something, feeling like I'm doing something wrong, um, that, it wasn't easy to get past that. But once I did, like I started to realize that like people are way greater than, than, you know, cause a lot of times they're just wanting to have a conversation. And when you're shy and awkward, then you're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're not interested in that thing at all. And then you're like, Oh, that was exhausting. And it's like, just be honest, just be real, be a real person. Be like, I don't know anything about that. You want to talk about rocks? And they'll be like, no. And we're like, all right, cool. Have a, have a good one. Diane said, I think also you have to face a very real thing. People know quality when they see it. So maybe if you're not selling what you have right now, it may just mean making more and getting better. Better quality work takes experience that shows when you are displaying your work. I mean, Diane, there there is a truth to that. But there is also, you know, it's it's also not even a, a, across the board. I would say that when I first started, the my my quality was definitely not up to par. You know, I'm a much if I want to consider it better, I'm a much better artist, technical artist than I was when I first started. But I still sold art. You know, I still sold a lot of art, mm-hmm. and really. That's the thing. It's like quality is in the eye of the beholder. A lot of times when people like something, they just like it, mm-hmm. right? There's no, there's no and ifs or buts about, they just like it. And so, you, although I agree with you, but I would also have to say to not get stuck in that place because then you're running into your draw. You, there's a fine line with perfectionism and just, just keep putting the stuff out there. Just keep creating, keep evolving, keep expanding. Don't worry so much of whether or not your quality is good enough or not. If you like it, then share it. It ultimately comes down, in this case, to the confidence level as well. Obviously, if you feel like you're making strong work that you're excited about, that confidence is going to show through. Absolutely. I certainly had a a long span of time in the beginning where I was not confident about my work. My work could have been a lot stronger. And just like you said, people still resonated with it and I still sold work. But part of that confidence building was to constantly be improving my skill sets. Yeah. That's, always. That's the thing. You're never going to get to a point where you're like, my work is perfect quality. Like even till this day, like I'm not there. 
I'm, I'm never going to be there. I would never be satisfied, you know, with like, this is perfect. Like, I'm never going to say that about my work, not because I don't think it's awesome and great, but because everything, everything's going to always improve and evolve and grow. There is like, we create such negative meanings of or situations and it really affects our attitudes and it's all imaginary. So create good meanings instead. So you're in a growth. Beautiful, loop. Zara. I love that. Dana wants to know, do you offer a sign up for a mailing list in certain yeah. instances? Yeah. In fact, we tried to remember to do that at most shows, especially exhibitions. Like we had a sign, a ma- email sign up list in our guest book at our gallery show. And it's great because then Mm -hmm. you could add them to your blog, to your newsletter, to whatever. And, you know, if somebody's interested in in keeping up with you, they're going to fill it out. So, yeah, I I would do that for every we've tried to do it. I'm very lax. But that's one of those back end things. Whenever we've done like big shows, we have definitely had a mailing list. Yeah. On there. Um, Gobbles is like, remember BB Pokey? That is the difference between liking and not liking people. The me then and the me now is a big difference. I was insane. I wouldn't say you were insane, Gobbles. I do remember when you were BB Pokey. And BB Pokey, I also felt a connection to, but I felt more timidness for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I feel like Gobbles has come out of the shell most definitely. Most definitely. Kelly said, why is it that I can discuss my art at a day job with no problem, but when I'm in a festival booth, I'm nervous? That's because you think it's easy to set that boundary and be like, my work, my day job, this is my space. I own it, right? And that's why whenever you're doing a show, a really important thing is to understand that inside your booth, that's your domain. That is your domain. That is the land of Kelly. You are king. You are king. Anybody that walks in there, they don't get to get away with whatever they want. They are entering into your domain and it's remembering that, you know, and that's why you make that domain comfortable for people, but you're not willing to take anybody's crap. So it's, it really is, it really comes down to that very subtle mindset thing of your space. You're essentially psyching yourself out and that's why you're getting nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jenny said also realistically to think that at the market or anywhere a person can buy from every vendor they are enjoying or wanting, but the choice has to be made or like more like than, yeah, like more than like money, likes than money. No, that, or like me more likes than money. Yeah. Or like me more likes than money. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know. You're building a relationship. When somebody walks into your booth, they look at some stuff and they're like, oh, this is beautiful. I love this. Right? That's step one. That's the first conversation. Just because, you know, I've seen people, it's like, a lot of people said they liked it, but nobody bought. And I'm like, ugh. Like, that's so gross to me. Like, just, you're building a relationship. I don't know how many times people, say, lots of lookers and stuff, but nobody bought it. Lots of people kicking tires today. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, ugh. Just, just, just go home then. Just go. <laughs> Leah said, in a way, it sounds like doing a bit of soul searching to learn who you are may help your art in finding your tribe. I think I still need to do this for my art at least. Leah, that's all this is. Yeah, totally. Be- being an artist, being on this artist journey, this is all about soul searching, facing your insecurities, putting yourself out there. I mean, think about it. Like, a lot of people that, that work a regular job or whatever and don't do anything creative, they don't ever have a situation other than at work 
where they have to interact with other people. There's a lot of people out there that will never do public speaking or put themselves in a play in a situation like that. There are people out there that will never create something and then sell it. That's horror. That's terrifying for a lot of people. As an artist, you are facing so many, so many things that are internal barriers and roadblocks and things like that. This is a journey of growth. For mm -hmm. anybody that says that it's not, you are going to be facing insecurities. You are going to be pushing through roadblocks. You are going to everything, even the concept of just doing a show, right? Of putting your, you created this art. You're putting it out there. You were about to interact with people. You don't even know how you feel about people. Sometimes you're like, oh, I don't like people or I'm meh about people or whatever it is. And it's like, you, it's a lot of internal investigation of like, how do I, how do I want to feel? Am I feeling the way that I want to feel? Am I feeling a way that I feel represents who I am? Or am I feeling a way that's been passed down or that the general public believes that this is how I should feel or that this is, this is what the reality is. And it really is, it really is an internal journey to get there. Mm -hmm. I am a hell of a lot more confident than I was when I first started. And, yeah. and, you know, and even when I first started just in that first week, I was a hell of a lot more confident than I was when I wasn't putting my artwork out there. Um, so it's just, it's baby steps and a journey and there's never an end to that infinite onion that is you. It's there, true. There just isn't like there, you're going to discover layers and layers and layers. So it's not like you ever get to a place where you're like, I am an expert and a profession. I know everything about everything that has to do with being an artist and putting yourself out there. It, it doesn't. You're you're always going to run into um, things that you are afraid of, that you're going to have to face a fear in order to get to that next level. And that's why an artist's career is stepping stones. It's just it's getting there little by little, developing those relationships with other people, but also most importantly, developing that relationship with yourself. Yes, and be wary of anyone online that's like, Pish Tosh, just give me a thousand or two thousand dollars and I'll tell you the secret workaround for selling tons of art while avoiding all of this discomfort. They're liars. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to try to teach you about targeted ads. Yeah. Targeted ads. <laughs> and targeted ads work for about a month and then they stop working. Diane said, I used to place a sheet for email signups in clear sight at my booth for those who didn't want to buy right then. It's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And and for those that just want to keep up with you, you know, and that's why I recommend like your website as you're doing these live shows, promote your website by having a signup sheet, you know, that's that way you directly will be able to send an email to those people when you write a blog or something. So that's that's something to keep in mind. Um how to how to connect those two. Because you're gonna get a lot of traction a lot faster if you're doing stuff in person. However, if you are not paying attention to the website, you know, that traction will always take a little bit longer. So you wanna take advantage of the traction that you're getting in person, even if it is somebody that comes in and says, Oh, I really like your art. 
do you have do you have any do you, do you have a website or like whatever you tell them oh you know i have a sign up list here if you want me to send you a newsletter or an email or of what i'm up to please feel free and i would always say it like this please feel free to take my business card if you would like to browse what i have online not take my business card <laughs> Yeah. Or not silence, not saying it. Please feel free to take my business card, right? I'm not even forcing my business card on you. Yeah. But it's there if you want it. So don't be like, take it. Take, take it. my business card. <laughs> Zara said, just make it easy for people. Leah said, even an expert or master doesn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they don't. Tish is like a month targeted ads didn't pay off at all for a lot of people I know, including me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was being generous saying that they work for a month. I've known people that have had tremendous success in the short term, um, doing that kind of stuff. And yeah, then, but they're not selling art. No, they're not selling art. No. It, it, so that, yeah. that's a notable difference yeah. also. Um, Gobble said, you know, it's really amazing seeing something special in someone and they don't have that part out yet. And then over years getting to watch them discover themselves and everyone finally sees what you saw that no one else did. Agreed, Gobbles. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much (laughs) what's interesting about this is that the art of selling art has nothing to do with the actual selling of the art itself. And that's the secret. That's the secret. (laughs) It's about everything else. Everything else. It's all about the experience that you have. And most importantly, the experience you have in having a good time, making it comfortable, feeling, growing your confidence, and being willing to push through the suck um, is really ultimately what matters. And understanding that like, you're just you're building a, you're basically building an art romance with whoever it is that's coming into your booth. So give it time. Give it time. Let it let it develop. Obviously, the more you put yourself out there, the more chances you have of that one person running into you, right? Running, "Oh, hi. What are you doing here?" "Oh, well, I'm here. Oh, did I you remember me, right? I I told you that I really love your art." "Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a great conversation." "Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's really nice seeing. Oh, I love that piece too. It's really, really great. Boom. That's the second conversation. It's very, very romantic. <laughs> so that's the way, that's the way that I see it. You know, it's like you're building a relationship. You're building a relationship with that person. Yeah. That will become a long, long term, long time collector. Um, and it, it happens little by little, but you have to give it time. You have to give it time to grow. Into an epic romance novel. Yeah. Some collectors will be a steamy novella. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And some will be a lifelong novel. Diane said, really glad I made it today, you guys. Really great podcast with great insights. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for everything you guys contributed to the conversation. Brilliant, as always. Much appreciated. I've said, on being an expert, when I was granted my PhD... My chair told me, now you have to get, now you have your get into the club card. Now go out and learn something for real. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you guys so much to the rogues for being here. You guys are amazing. This was a great podcast and I really enjoyed reading your comments and listening to your insight on these things. Um, and yeah, and for everybody at home, thank you so much 
for listening. You guys are absolutely amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to watch more like this, just go ahead and click anywhere around here to subscribe. And other than that, let's say goodbye, Clee. Good day. Adios. 